It's the dictionary. Dictionary. It's the dictionary. It's the dictionary. Dictionary. It's the dictionary. Dictionary. Hello, word nerds. Hello. What's going on? What you doing? What you up to? Oh, you're just listening to this podcast? Oh, well, that's that's wonderful. I'm so glad that you decided to do that. This is the podcast where me, Spencer, is, is reading the dictionary and talking about it and making sort of maybe silly jokes. Hopefully they're better than silly sometimes. And uh, we're learning things. We're reading definitions, etymology, phrases, uh, forms, synonyms, usage information, all those wonderful things. Uh, you get you get to go get get to learn all these things. All right. Well, uh, you know, recently we finished the DIS section, which was not always the most interesting. Uh, it was a lot of repetitive things and words that were, you know, they were fine. They were fine. But, you know, we've started to uh, see some other fun words. So, yeah, there's a, there's a wonderful picture on the next page. I can't wait to get to that one. I should probably try and get an expert for there. Ooh, yeah, there's so many good words coming up. All right. The first word in this episode is Doberman Pinscher. And maybe some people say Doberman Pinscher but I don't know if that's true. Because it is spelled capital D-O-B-E-R-M-A-N, second word P-I-N-S-C-E-R. S-C-H-E-R. I missed the H. Which reminds me, I don't know if I will have fixed this, but uh, I made a very dumb, dumb mistake. Uh, Divorcee. I said that it was spelled with an S at the end, but it is not. It is a C. C-E. All right. Maybe I was smart enough and fixed it. Doberman Pinscher, noun from 1917. Any of a breed of short-haired, medium-sized dogs of German origin. It's also just called Doberman. Uh, they're, they're German, so... Ooh, in 1917, that Germany was a whole different world back then, over 100 years ago. Um, you know, these are dogs that are great and wonderful, and uh, people, for some reason, I believe, like to dock their tails. Uh, we're actually going to see dock in this episode. They dock their tails, and they also cut their ears, and so they're pointy, and they stick up all the time. And I will just unequivocally say that I disagree with this. I, I think this is ridiculous. I understand that it makes them look more fierce, uh, but I don't think you need to be doing that anymore. In this day and age, in the 21st century, why the hell are we mutilating animals for to make us happy for so they can look a certain way? This is ridiculous. I'm sorry, I have to say it. I gotta be honest. I disagree with this this thing. Okay, so this is from the German, I mean, it's it's Doberman Pinscher, but they would say it with a very accurate German accent, German voice. I, I don't think I can do that. Doberman, I mean, you sort of sound German just saying those words anyway. But uh, they are from Friedrich Ludwig Doberman. There's two N's, by the way who died in 1894 and was a German dog breeder, plus the German word pincher, which is a breed of hunting dog. Hmm. So it seems like uh, Friedrich here took the 
Pinscher hunting dog. I don't know what Pinscher means in German. Maybe it's hunter. Although, isn't a Meister hunter? Maybe it's a kind of hunter. So he took this dog and he bred it over and over and over and over and over again, uh, forcing the dogs to breed possibly with uh, uh, other dogs that they are related to, because that's what breeders do, and created this Doberman. He said, I like, I like the physical aspects of these dogs, so I'm going to put them together and make this other new pincher dog. And I'm going to name it after me because I'm totally selfless. All right, we'll post a picture of a Doberman pincher on uh, social media. Okay, the sound effect is going to be... The next word is Dobra or Dobra, D-O-B-R-A, noun from 1978. And it says to see the money table. So that's a kind of money. Well, it's a Portuguese word, so maybe it's a... Portuguese money. There's uh, well, there's Portugal, and there's also Brazil. Both of those speak Portuguese. There might be other countries too. It is the feminine of the obsolete word dobro, which means double, from the Latin duplus, and there's more at the word double. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Guess in the money table we'll learn a tiny bit more about dobra, but uh, something about money. It's money. Double. That's the thing that confuses me. Why did they use the word double? Maybe if you know about the money, double makes sense. The next word, Dobro, capital D-O-B-R-O, trademark, and this is used for an acoustic guitar having a metal resonator. And, uh, you know, acoustic guitars we think of as being, you know, pretty much all wood, um, I don't really know what the, is the, oh, so, oh, oh, okay, I think I'm visualize, visualizing this. The resonator might be the big box, the big curvy hourglass-shaped thing that we think of as the main body of a guitar, but this one is metal, so it's going to have a different type of sound, and uh, maybe, maybe I'll put in a, a bit of an audio clip here so you can hear uh, how it sounds, how it, does it sound different. Maybe there's even a comparison between this one with the metal resonator and one that has the standard, more wooden resonator. In fact, I have a friend who makes guitars, and so maybe he can even uh, send me an example of these if he has something like that. I don't know if he does. The next word is Dobson fly. One word, D-O-B-S-O-N-F-L-Y. Noun from circa 1904. A winged insect that has very long, slender mandibles. In the male and a large carnivorous aquatic larva and that is now usually considered a neuropterin. 
compare to the word who Helgramite. I don't know how to pronounce that word. H-E-L-L-G-R-A-M-M-I-T-E. Helgramite. So the male has long, slender mandibles. That's the mouthy parts. Uh, the larva lives in the water. They, they grow up in the water, and uh, they're carnivorous. And the larva are large. Large larva? Uh, maybe we need to post a picture of one of these on social media, too. At Dictionary Pod. The family name for this Dobson fly is Corridolidae. And the origin of the name is unknown, which I always find fascinating. It's lost to time. Let's just make up a story. Mr. Dobson or Mrs. Dobson. Maybe first name Dobson. They, they, uh, they invented this. They bred this fly to have very long slender mandibles. Nope, it's a total made up story. Doc is next. D-O-C. So we finished the D-O-B words. Here's the D-O-C words. First form, noun from 1756. The synonym is doctor, which will be in the next episode. And I really should get a doctor on for that episode. I know a couple, so maybe I can convince them. So uh, yeah, we, we usually say, hey doc, what's up doc? We don't want to write out doc or say doctor. I do this often. If I'm casually speaking with somebody, I'll just say doc instead of doctor. Why should I write out the whole word or do capital D, capital R, period? Nah, it's too much work. I'll just say doc. And what's up, doc? The next word, second form of doc, abbreviation for document. Yeah, this is another abbreviation that I use often talking about documents at work. I'll just say doc. No need to say document. There's no sense in writing out that whole word. Oh, we write up so many documents at work. Yeah, okay, moving on. Docent is next. And I guess you can also emphasize the second syllable, and it's docent. And there is a little bit of a T sound. There, it's like there's a T in parentheses in the pronunciation guide. Docent. D-O-C-E-N-T. Noun from 1880. One, a college or university teacher or lecturer. I haven't heard of that one in that context, but I have heard of this next one. Number two, a person who leads guided tours, especially through a museum or art gallery. Uh, my aunt lives in California, and she, uh, you know, she's retired now, and so she was like, I'm going to go be a docent. I don't specifically remember where she was docenting, if we can use that as a verb. I don't know if we're allowed to. Uh, where was she? It was some sort of some sort of science-related thing. Maybe it was like a natural gardens or something like that. Yeah, but... um. You know, I think a lot of them are volunteers. Uh, when we went to visit the Shire, the Hobbit Shire, Hobbiton in New Zealand, um, I believe the tour guides may have also been called docents, although for something like that, that's more of a tourist thing. I don't know if you could call it a docent. But I believe that the, the woman who guided us around was a volunteer, and, uh, you know, maybe she called herself a docent. I'll call her a docent. 
it's it's a, it's fine. Um, so this is from the obsolete German word docent, which is now dozent with a Z. Uh, yeah, there's really not much information here. So I don't know. It's probably just somebody who's like teaching, teaching information to people. Because it's also from the Latin verb docere. The next word, docet, no, docetic or docetic. Docetic, docetic, adjective often capitalized from 1846 of or relating to docetism or docetism or the docetists or docetists or docetists. And uh, if you don't know what those are, just wait a second. I got to read the etymology and then we will talk about docetism. So docetic, docetic, this is from the lower Greek, dokitai. Dokitai? That means docetists. From the Greek dokin, which means to seem. S-E-E-M. Like, hmm, that seems like it's the color red, but I'm not so sure. But I don't know how that's connected to these people, so we have to read more. Zzzz. The next word is docetism or docetism with a capital D. Noun also from 1846. And it is a belief opposed as hearsay. Uh, no, heresy. Oh, that's a totally different word. It uh, went over to the second line, so I got confused about my letters. A belief opposed as heresy in early Christianity that Christ only seemed to have a human body and to suffer and die on the cross. And docetist or docetist is a noun. So that would be one who believes in this thought. So, okay, so I guess there are some people who said back in the day that uh, Christ did not have a human body and did not suffer and die on the cross. It only seemed like that. And that's why this is from the Greek word dokin, which means to seem. And then, of course, Christianity said, no, this is heresy. You're insane. We don't like you. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, we, we're, we don't agree with anything that you say. You're wrong. Um, hmm. I, I want to know more. Maybe we should put a link in the in the show notes so we can learn more about uh, what else did these people have to say. Um, what did they think if he only seemed to have a human body and suffer and die on the cross? What 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 else? What sort of body did he have? Was he not a real body? Was he an alien? Was what happened? Uh, did he not suffer and die on the cross? Did somebody else suffer and die on the cross? Did he suffer and die somewhere else? Or did he just not suffer and die at all? Or is there another option? I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting... I feel like I've heard of the word, but I never, never heard about what they thought. The next word is... um, I thought that I had seen this before in the book, but I think it's just something very similar. Okay, so the word is Dockendorus. And you can spell it two ways, uh, D-O-C-H hyphen A-N hyphen D-O-R-R-I-S, or you can take off an R. 
Arr. It's a noun from 1691, and I'm really, really struggling at what the other word was, the other Scottish word was. I think there was a whole song with it. It sounds very similar to this one. Okay, well, this is uh, Scottish and Irish, and it is a parting drink. So when you're done, done for the day, uh, or or done at the party, or it's the you're you're done at the pub, you one more drink. It's the parting drink. You're gonna drink it as you leave or right before you leave, and that is the Doc and Doris. And the synonym is stirrup cup. Stirrup, second word, cup. Um, stir. Oh, oh, I know what that means. So this is like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go get on my horse and put my feet in the stirrups. And I'm going to drink from this cup as I am, uh, as my horse is walking away from the pub who's been hanging out here all night waiting for me. Uh, good thing. Don't, nobody, you're not supposed to drink in horse stirrup cup. That's a good phrase. Uh, I assume that's in here. So maybe it'll just send us back to Doc and Doris. Yeah, this is Scottish Gaelic. Dioc and Doris, uh, spelled differently, and then the Irish is also Dioc and Doris, but also spelled differently, and that literally means drink of the door. Drink of the door. Now, I don't know if Doc or Doris is drink or door. Oh, well, Doris probably is door. That's, you're so dumb. Uh, so drink of the door. So you're walking out of the door, and somebody hands you a drink, and that is your Doc and Doris. There it probably, there has got to be a Scottish song, or Irish, I guess, Scottish or Irish song about a Doc and Doris. And so if I find something, I'll put it in here. But I'm also really curious to know, what was the other phrase that was so similar that I put in before? I feel like it was somebody's names. I won't think of it. Oh, won't you pour us? A duck indoors to prepare us for the road. All the rough turns lie before us. Duck indoors be the wave to wash me home. Docile is next, and you can pronounce it either docile or docile. Docile. I think I usually say it with a long I sound. Oh, the British say docile. Docile, docile, docile. Adjective from the 15th century, number one, easily taught. I, uh, I'd like to think I'm an, I'm an easy, I'd like to think I am easily taught things. I, people can teach me things pretty easily. I may not remember it immediately, but I will possibly understand things well depends on the context you know if we're talking about like advanced math or science or things like that maybe not um but number two is easily led or managed so you know in both situations we're kind of dealing with somebody who's um kind of easygoing I'm trying to think of words uh, as many as I can think of. Easygoing, a pushover would be one extreme way to say it. Um, uh, <laughs> I was going to use the word docile to describe docile, and that's just not helpful at all. Uh, 
Um, yeah, somebody who is easygoing, let go with the flow. Yeah, teach me that thing. Yeah, lead me over here. Tell me what to do. Overall, I am definitely pretty docile. Um, but uh, the synonym is the word obedient. And so, uh, you know, somebody who, yes, will, will do what you tell them to do. And I think I would like to also throw in another synonym like the word calm. I think it, it tends to be something that I think of when I think of docile. A chill, a chill, chill dude. Docilely, docilely, that is an adverb. And docility or docility, that is a noun. This is from, ooh, okay, we're getting more information actually for the word docent because it says it's from the Latin verb docere, which means to teach. And docent is also from docere. I don't know why they didn't put it here, uh, but yes, teaching. Somebody who's teaching people is docere, they're to teach, docent. Okay. And docile is also akin to the Latin desere, which means to be fitting. And there's more at the word decent. The next word, ooh, it's the last word. Except we have five forms and one, one more form will be in tomorrow's episode. I don't know why I didn't combine them, but I think I was like, all right, this, this quarter of a page is already a bit longer than I want it to be, so... Let's just leave them wanting more. First form of the word dock, D-O-C-K. And are they all pronounced the same way? I believe they are. Noun from before the 12th century. One, any of a genus of coarse, weedy plants of the buckwheat family having long tap roots and sometimes used as pot herbs. Oh, and the genus name is Rumex, R-U-M-E-X, Rumex. That's a fun word. Two, any of several usually broad-leaved weedy plants, as of the genus Silphium, Silphium with P-H. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really know my plants. I feel like maybe I've heard of this, uh, what is this, a weedy plant? called a dock, but yeah, not very familiar with it. Second form of dock, noun from the 14th century, one, the solid part of an animal's tail as distinguished from the hair. Oh, this is very interesting, and we're gonna, we're gonna talk more about this in a minute. Two, the part of an animal's tail left after it has been shortened. Okay, so it's from Middle English dock with no C, perhaps from the Old English docka, as in finger docka, which is a finger muscle. So maybe docka means muscle in Old English, akin to the Old High German taka, which means doll, D O L L. Also from the Old Norse docka, D O K K A, which means bundle. So, okay, okay. Well, let's keep on going because I do have things I want to say and I want to get a bit more information under our belts before I do that. Third form of doc. Transitive verb from the 14th century. 1A. 
to cut off the end of a body part. Ah, to cut off the end of a body part. Um, okay, there are how many examples of this sort of thing have we seen in movies and TV shows? The first one that comes to mind is from a movie that I don't think a lot of people saw. It's called Four Rooms, I think, and it's really just four shorts. Each one is made by a different director, and it they're four rooms in a hotel, and they're independent stories, but they're sort of, there's like a bellhop that goes between them, so they're sort of connected. And the last one, I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, somebody's finger gets cut off, so docked, their finger gets docked. Um, many, many sort of gangstery uh, movies and things like that have had the cutting of the end of a body part, and I just don't like that. But specifically, to remove part of the tail of 1B, to cut short, and the example of the thing that you are cutting short would be ears or a tail. Yes. Okay, so before we read the next few definitions for the verb of doc, we will quickly just go back to this whole Doberman Pinscher thing. Um, I believe their tails get docked, as I said at the beginning. And what I didn't realize was that the, 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 what, the part that's left is also called the dock, and the solid part of an animal's tail as distinguished from the hair is dock. And I'm still, I'm a little confused by that. Like, is, like, what part of this is, I mean, there's bones, bones and skin and muscles and hair. What else is there? Is the stub of the tail, like that one little part, the first bone i guess would that be the dock even before it's cut off i don't know i am confused about that but clearly this is all a whole thing so which came first the noun when you dock a dog's tail the noun of the thing that's left or the verb uh they're both from the 14th century Whew, that's confusing i don't know it doesn't say i don't think uh yeah it seems like it might be the thing that's left over is the dock and then that's why the verb came about the other thing i'm a little confused about is when the ears are cut in a doberman they're not really cut short it's just that there's like the edge of it is cut and then i think they attach them to these like sticks as they're healing so they will be pointy um but I don't know if you would call their ears being docked, although I think it is, even though they're not technically being cut short. Okay, the rest of the definitions for third form of dock transitive verb, 2A, to take away a part of, and the synonym is a bridge. So if I were to just end this episode here... this episode would have been docked because I would have taken a part away from it and shortened it so it is abridged. To be. To subject to a deduction. And the thing that you are deducting or subjecting to the deduction is wages. So if your wages get cut, first of all, you're going to be very angry, but uh, you your wages will be docked. Why? What did you do? 
Why were they docked? Did you break something? So they got to dock your wages to pay for that thing. Um, did you misbehave? What happened? 2C. To penalize by depriving of a benefit ordinarily due, especially to fine by a deduction of wages, as in docked him for tardiness. That would be another reason to dock somebody. If you're a half hour late, they're going to take out a half hour worth of your pay. And hopefully not more. But also, they're being kind of sticklers and I, I, don't, I don't care for that. The fourth form of dock, noun from the 15th century, one, a usually artificial basin or enclosure for the reception of ships that is equipped with means for controlling the water height. Uh, that was, that was a lot. Okay. Usually artificial basin or enclosure for the reception of ships. So the ships come in, they take the ships. They're, uh, they go up to there or they're enclosed and they're equipped with the means for controlling the water height. So they're equipped to be able to adjust the height of the water. Hmm. Now, this is not typically the dock that I think of. I don't really deal with boats in my day-to-day life. Not really. Uh, so that might be something more specific than what I'm used to. Uh, but we got more. Number two. This is the 1B definition for the second form of the word slip. And I do think I've heard that used in sailing. Like, you're like, hey, we're in like slip number 23. I think that's how they use that. So that's also a dock. 3A, a place as a wharf or platform for the loading or unloading of materials. Uh, we, we, we do video work at my job and sometimes we have to go to the loading dock to unload all of our gear. Uh, it's usually built for a truck, a big truck to come up and unload easily. Uh, we don't usually, we don't have a truck, uh, but there's usually like a, a ramp. Basically they usually have a big door that we can use and then maybe like a freight elevator. Uh, but yeah, lots of things coming and going on the dock. Maybe it's a big, a big box store, a big, uh, like a Walmart, Best Buy, Target kind of place, grocery store. They're always going to have a dock for the, the loading and unloading of materials. 3B, a usually wooden pier used as a landing place or moorage for boats. This is where the boats hang out. You got to attach the boat to the dock so it doesn't go away. Uh, we just watched a movie last night where a car ended up on a tiny little dock and it stayed and then it didn't stay. The dock broke. And then what else? Uh, oh, yeah. So many, so many movies and TV shows have taken, have a scene taking place on a dock. People, kids hanging out on a dock. Oh, I feel like I've seen many examples just within the last year. Docks. They're sitting on the dock of the bay. I don't know what we're going to pick as the word of the episode, but that would be a good song to sing if I'm allowed. Um, well, yeah, let's see. I mean, you, you can maybe dive off of a dock if it's deep enough. Uh, you can, what can you do? Oh, yeah, I don't know why, but like all of these images are flooding into my brain of like 
seen dogs jump off of a dock, seen people sleep, slip off of a dock, you know, TikTok, YouTube, all these, they, there's so many docks, I feel like, in our culture, just in, in, in video form in some way. Yeah, they're very apparent, for sure. Never, never really quite thought about it until now. Uh, yeah, that's it for Doc. I got really nothing else. I don't have a Doc. Maybe someday I'll have a a house on a on a little lake with a Doc, and I'll have a, a just a little rowboat. I can go out, sit in the middle of the lake, and just just nap. The last word, the very last word, is the fifth form of Doc. Uh, nope, it's a verb from 1600, starting with transitive. One, to haul or guide into or alongside a dock. Dock the boat to the dock. Two, to join, as two spacecraft, mechanically while in space. So two spacecraft are mechanically joining while in space. They are docking together. The International Space Station will do this with ships that go up to bring them materials or bring them new people to swap out people. And uh, yeah, they got to attach in a very, very special way. They're docking together. Um, I have been watching The Orville. Uh, I'm almost done with the third season of The Orville, and they often will either dock to a space station or a a ship will dock to them or, or things like that. That's what they do. Intransitive verb number one, to come into or alongside a dock. And two, to become docked. Okay, those were all the words. And today we had Doberman Pincher, Dobra, Dobro, Dobson Fly, Doc, Doc, Docent, Docetic, Docetism, Doc and Doris, Docile, Docile, Doc, 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 doc. That's all the docs today. Uh, who? Let's see. I mean, I think I kind of want to pick Doc and Doris as the word of the episode. That one was great. I just love the fact that there's a whole, uh, there's a word, a phrase uh, for the drink that you take as you're leaving. And I'm not at all surprised that <laughs> people in Scotland and Ireland were taking an additional drink as they leave way back in 1691 uh let's see so but i do i do quickly first want to just sing i probably have done this before sitting on the dock of the bay wasting time i'm not gonna do the whole thing uh but i do gotta sing a song for doc and doris and ooh, if i were if i were smart I could sing of uh, an old Irish song, could make one up on the spot, but I'm definitely not that smart. I could try, but it will fail. Doc and Doris is the drink you drink when you're parting from your pub. It's also called a stir-up cup. That's the Doc and Doris. Doc and Doris. All right, I'm going to definitely confuse a bartender of that at some point hey uh it's time for me to go um one more drink then i'll pay but i'm gonna take it on the road i'm gonna get on my horse it's gonna be my stirrup cup all right uh that is gonna be it for today uh yeah should i was there one more nah i'll save that for the next one i think 
I think I said that yesterday too. All right. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye.